Rising Giants Network. Today on the podcast, I have Lu'ay Shurafa. And, you know, what's interesting about Lu'ay Shurafa is that Lu'ay is one of my first bosses ever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This was back in 2010. Um, I remember the call I got from you. It was, it was on a Saturday and, uh, and you, were, you were calling me just to see if everything is okay. Because I was supposed to start GM the next day. And uh, I got a call from you. He said, this is Lu'ay Shurafa from GM. And, uh, you know, are you okay? Are you ready to go? Are you this and that? And I, was, I thought this was the nicest thing anyone has ever done. You know, like, granted, I was 23 at the time, 24 at the time. <laughs> okay. So I, my life was still ahead. But so I learned a lot from you. I mean, in, in those times, I learned a lot from you. And, um, and we spent some time together at GM. And I remember a lot of the things that you gave me in those early years, I take with me till today. Oh, know? really? Yeah, yeah. And some of, even some nuanced things like... Uh, I remember once I was presenting to you and you told me, I was telling you, I think we're going to do da-da-da. And you were telling me, never say I think, say I believe, you know? I was like, <laughs> okay. God, that's a, that's a good way to look at it, you know? Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, but that's you from 10 years ago. I don't know if you're still with the same thing. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so welcome to Bastard Meets. And I'm, I'm so happy to have you. And this is a really nice uh, way to sort of connect with my past and also look at the future. And in the, to people who don't know, not just you are my my ex-boss, but you're also the first Arab representation, the first head of General Motors uh, company here in the Middle East to be actually headed by an Arab. I, I really butchered that, but you you get the point, right? That, that's, <laughs> okay. a, that's what that's what it is. And so I'm really like, from, from those two things, I think from a personal perspective and also having somebody like you here that, that has that position, it, it's really cool to have. So, Welcome to the Bass and Meats podcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. So good to see you after all these years, yeah. Basel. <laughs> and as I told you just before we started the, um, uh, you know, the podcast, I'm so proud of you. Thank okay? you. I'm Thank you. so proud of the fact that, you know, today you have established something on your own. As I said, it's not easy. A lot of people, you know, envy you. You know, a lot of us, once we get into, uh, you know, the corporate world, we get used to uh, a structured way of getting our income. Um, it's really hard to, you have ideas, etc., but you it's always difficult to just stop and say, you know what, I'm going to pursue, you know, a dream. I'm going to pursue my passion. So, you know what, well done. Yeah, thank well you. Done. Keep keep going forward. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Well, this so is so good to be here. So good to be here. Thank you so much. I mean, look, this is actually a cool place to start. Um, not that I want to trump my own horn, because I I feel I getting uh, any sort of uh, positive reinforcement. I always find it weird. Like I don't know how to respond to it. <laughs> okay. But I'm gonna turn it into a conversation. So, sure. Uh, no problem. I think looking at big ideas, you know, and thinking about big ideas and that sort of thing, you must have gotten to where you've got to because of your bold and big ideas, you know. Mm. 10 years ago when I've joined GM, you were part of the restructuring and the rebuilding yeah. of a new GM yeah. uh, post-bankruptcy and that kind of thing. And that required bold leadership, big ideas, and, uh, and it required somebody really with the guts to lead through it. And funnily enough, uh, here you are today 
post one of the craziest economic times in our lifetime, tasked with a similar situation that you had 10 years ago. So maybe I think what would a cool place to start of these big ideas and big, big uh, ambitions. How was it for you back then when, when this entire crazy thing happened? And I know we're jumping ahead a a little bit before we talked about your background, but like this, I think would be super interesting place to start. It's interesting. This, uh, this brings me back to probably a place where, you know, a lot of us in GM experienced and still here will never forget that, that moment in time. And we, actually reflect on it and talk about it so so it's never forgotten here is a a concept that i harp on all the time we we had the chance to and the opportunity you know with gm to be part of an executive program that happens every year in collaboration with stanford business school and they taught us this concept of ambidexterity. And in business today, this is something that you have the day-to-day. So in our business, that's, you know, selling, you know, the cars and, and parts, okay, serving our customers. And then you have the future. You have another eye on the future. And knowing and staying in tune with what's happening within your industry or in other industries that may impact your industry and never lose sight of both. Because you can get used to things like, you know, we're so successful, we're hitting our numbers. You know, we set those numbers. We're hitting our numbers. We're hitting our share. We hit our budgeted operating profit. You know, we improved on uh, customer satisfaction by two points, but never forget that there is someone out there that is contemplating a disruption in your industry. And today, more than ever, it's easier today than ever. So the challenge becomes for you as a leader, how do you balance both within an organization? How do you give both their equal weight when it comes to focus. And it's interesting and it's exciting, okay? Because it's uh, because it makes you and it makes the team venture into new territories, okay? And the minute you start venturing into new territories, into new opportunities, that means more opportunities for people to shine and grow to learn. And if you allow for this environment of trying and testing and exploring and having and making sure that people are felt, you know, heard and it's okay to make that mistake and that inclusion, okay, of and that fusion of ideas and people's thoughts and experiences, I think that at the end of the day, you'd be able to create success stories okay for the company and for their for employees and really breed an environment of um, of future f- uh, superstars and w- what an amazing environment that would be or an inspirational environment that would be for um, for people right. for employees so 
for me, it's um, it's interesting you'd say this because obviously, like these are uh, lessons of leadership that you've uh, not only taken but also have implemented yourself. Yeah. Um, especially now that you are, you know, top of that organization. How much comes from the experience of making mistakes versus what you learn in in theory? So, for example, I found for me you fall into mistakes the faster you learn. It almost accelerates your learnings. Mm. Because if you don't do a mistake, then, you know, you're going to probably start falling back into this comfort zone and like, I got this, it's fine. But then the more you do problems and you feel like the weight and the heat from people or whatever, or even the the, the weight of your mistake, it it accelerates your learning. I would go back to that 2010, 29 area or that time. Two, Two parts for me. One is, do you remember the, do you remember how it was like, how was your feeling as a guy who was a GM guy? Like you yeah. in your blood and like, yeah. and then you heard the news and like, because yeah. I was outside, like I wasn't even in GM back then. And uh, and that was like, that was a ripple that I even felt, yeah. you know, and yeah. as a guy who was young, who was just started his career. And yeah. I even remember when I got the call from GM to, to work with GM, yeah. you know, usually your parents would be very happy. Ah, GM, yeah. You know, but then my dad was like, GM, didn't they just declare bankruptcy? Like yeah. what's like, but so how was it for you to feel something like that, yeah. you know? Not only do you love the brand, you, yeah. you you know you work for that brand. Absolutely. You know how does that shift for you? And two, the mistakes that were made. How do you feel that accelerated the growth? Of course. I mean, when when the company that you work for declare bankruptcy, I mean it's uh, it's it, it's uh, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, it's um, it's tough. It's uh, I mean that's I mean. Whether it's a social setting uh, with your family, with your friends, and or business setting, when you talk about that company, okay, that you work for, and and it's now, you know, we don't know what the future looks like. How is it going to impact me? You know, it's turbulent. It's uh, it's uncertain. What's going to happen? All these things, you know. But th- but something that is really important, I think that I have learned over the years is, you know, you got to, and it's simple, and it's simple, but I'm not sure how how people react to it, which is the fact that you got to control the things that you can control, okay? And the things that you cannot control, you cannot control, okay? So, um, and this relates to actually anything in life. And, and actually, we live in a region that is you know, uncertain and turbulent. Little turbulent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and if least. you, exactly. And if you sit and trying to raise a family and to build a future, you know, sit and say, oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow? And, you know, we are doomed, etc., etc. I mean, and listen to all the, the, the brilliant analysis around you. You cannot build a future. You cannot move forward. You'll always be, you know, surrounded by fear. And that's the last thing you want to do. Okay, so so my advice to these individuals and to, you know, to the, to the youth and to the youngsters who are starting their career, just always, always focus on the things that are within your control. There will always be an event or two or three okay, around you that will come and test that concept, okay? Do not let it stop you from pursuing what you are out there to pursue. 
focus on the things that are within your control. So it's as simple as you've got to report to work between 8.30 and 5.30. Okay, you get paid for a job to be done. Okay, just go and do that job. Okay, and think about the environment and what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to happen today and what if and what if that. There is a job to be done. There is a dream to pursue. There are people, including your children, okay, and probably young brothers and younger brothers and sisters that are looking at you for inspiration and for guidance. What is the message that you're going to send them? Okay, by leading, you know, if you're going to lead by example, what kind of example you want to you want to lead and you want to display. So I go back to these events and I know that it's a long answer, but I go back to these events and it's focusing on the things that we, that the company wanted me to focus on Mm. is go out there, travel to the dealers, tell them, you know, how we're going to come out of that situation. We still have, you know, stocks to sell of parts and vehicles. We still have customers to go and serve. How are we going to handle them? What are we going to tell them? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so my, my little advice and my, my simple answer is always focus on the things that are within your control. Yeah, that's, that's honestly really, that's a really good way to look at it because I think I'm also guilty of um, not focusing only on the things that I have control over. And so you start, you know, building this uh, level of uh, cloud of fear around you. Exactly. Of the things that you cannot control, you know, and which starts causing you stress, anxiety, exactly. uh, these sort of things that really, you know, affect how you would perform exactly. otherwise. Because if this wasn't there, exactly. then your performance goes from like 70% to 100%, you exactly. know. Sitting with you and, and, and hearing this from you, it almost feels, it, it's taken me back to that 10 years ago when, yeah, okay. when I sat with you and you gave me those sort of like words of advice. What drove you anyway, like in the beginning to... to uh, to be who you are today. You know what I mean? Like, what was the thing that you're driving force and you're, you know, I don't know much about you if, yeah, <laughs> that I think yeah, about yeah. it. I just, I know, yeah. all I know is that, hey, I know that Loe works for GM, but I don't know anything else, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, what what drove you? How How is your sort of like, are you a car guy? Like, are you a fan of cars? Are you like, <laughs> yeah, you better I'm, be. You know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a sports guy. I like sports. You know, and I want it to be in. Um, I want it to be in sports. And if you, and if you ask me, you know, deep inside, what did I really want to become when I grow up? I want it to be um, a football scout. I want it to travel the world and work for a big club, travel the world, and you know, and look for um, for football talent. Oh wow! For that for that club, that would have been. That would have been my uh, my ideal yeah. my ideal job. Um, you know, it, it jumped between you know I wanted to go to Wall Street and be. That's why I studied finance. Okay, I wanted to become an architect at some point in time. But really deep inside, deep inside, I think you know I wanted to be uh, a talent uh, a talent scout. Interesting. You see, that's, that's what I've. That's what I've always. Uh, I think that's what resonates uh, most uh, really? with me. I'm probably not a lot of people know this, but this is <laughs> no. what I've uh, that's what I've really wanted to uh, to be. 
And does that part of you still exist today? In yeah, how you... I love, I love football. Okay. I love football. Okay. I mean, this is like a passion for me. I love football. Right. I still watch games. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Bashar I loves actually, football too. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I named my son Zidane. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son's name is, uh, is Zidane. So Zainuddin Zidane is one of my, uh, one of my all-time... Uh, oh, that's amazing. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. So that's what I really wanted. That's what I really wanted to, uh, to be. I was, um, you know, I was born and raised in uh, Kuwait. All right, okay. Um, um, I, um, I grew up with uh, two sisters. I spent most of my time with my mom. Uh-huh. You know, my dad you know, traveled. So my mom, you know, contributed a lot to my upbringing. And um, and actually, you know, my mom passed away four years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. I'm so sorry to hear. It must be one of the most, uh, obviously, difficult things um, that anyone can go through. You know, I, uh, you know, I could know my, my, my buddy yesterday, just I, the closest person I lost to me was my grandfather. Mm. Um, and he, you know, and it was the first time that I've experienced such a loss. Um, and it was, this was back in 2017. And um, he, you know, he was one of the closest people to me in the world. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I always remember him every day, uh, ever since he's passed away. And uh, just the things that he taught me, you know, yeah. um, that not, neither my parents have, you know, not taking away anything from my parents, but... Uh, but he used to visit us a lot from Amman. Like he yeah. would, he would travel to Dubai and and, yeah. and stay with us. Yeah. Um. And uh, um. You know, he would give me, just you know, I would ask him things like, "What's right and what's wrong?" And and he would yeah. tell me what he believes is the best way to live. It's amazing. And it's the most simple thing. Like, just don't hurt anyone. Live and don't hurt anyone. Absolutely. And that's such has become such a guiding compass Absolutely. to my life. Absolutely. You know. Um. And I remember he told me this. I wasn't I wasn't that young. I was I was just like maybe 19, 20 when he told me this. Yeah. Just don't hurt anyone. Live your life and your your framework Amazing. should be not to hurt anyone. Amazing. Amazing. And that's how I live. Until today, when I see a an insect in my house, I wouldn't kill it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> I, would, no, I would take it as it is, and my wife would be upset. Like, just kill it. It's so a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh nope. Why does it need no, to die? You know, like <laughs> it yeah, needs it's, to it's it's go on, do do your own thing. It's amazing. But yeah. So I lived you know, so so she really contributed to my personality. Um, uh, she was a she was a tough mother, uh, but she's always a resilient, uh, strong-minded. Um, and I would say that you know, I remember you know, ever since I was little, you know, you promise, you gotta deliver on your promise. So you gotta deliver on your commitment. You know, so um, you start something, you gotta finish, finish it. Mm-hmm. So these things, you know, these little things, you know, really, really resonated, you know. And then I, you know, went to the U.S. I um, I did my MBA in um, in finance. Where in the U.S. were you? In Texas. Okay. Um, and then I decided to to come back. I said, you know, I've had enough uh, living away. I wanted to come back. Um, I wanted to stay closer to my family. Who were in Kuwait um, at the time? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, they had left Kuwait. They mm. moved to Amman, you know, after 1990. Right. Um, so they moved to Amman. Uh, my father was here um, and still here, actually, in um, in Dubai. I've got some extended family as well um, in here. So I wanted to just start something, something fresh. Mm. I had met my wife. 
in the U.S. and you know we wanted just to to start a family and you know we we thought you know Dubai was on the rise. We thought why not you know come and, and start a family here in Dubai. So and uh, were you working in the U.S. or no? I never worked in the you U.S. Never I never worked in the U.S. Um, just finished, took my sweet time actually finishing my uh, my MBA and then came back here worked for um, Mushrik Bank. Interesting. Uh, between, <laughs> I was 19, ask. between 1997 and 1998. And then I got a call from a recruiter uh, for um, for a financial analyst job in uh, in GM. And I joined GM in, in August 16th, 1998. Oh, wow. You still know the date. <laughs> I remember the date. So, um, so that, this is when I started. And I would say, you know, Basil, I would say that if you tell me um, the people in my life. And of course, I don't want to discount uh, the people that I've learned. I've learned a lot from a lot of people. But, you know, you think and you say, you know, who, you know, I was reflecting, you know, last year on uh, some of the questions that were asked during um, during what we call diagonal slices within the company. This is when I sit down with a cross-functional team you know, they ask me any questions, personal business. It's really the woman in my life. It's really the woman in my life. It starts with, you know... Um, You're a girl dad, right? No, I have three... Ah, uh, uh, well, you know, I'll... Uh, you know, I have three daughters and a son. Uh, so it's, you know, my grandmother, mm. you know, raised 11 kids. You know, my, <laughs> my can, grandfather passed away early. I can barely with early. one. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know, my mom, you know... Um, Grew up with my mom most of the time as my dad traveled, as I said. It's not easy. It's mm. not easy, you yeah. know, to um, to raise a son. You Were know, you a 13, rebel? 14. I, wa- I wasn't, you know, you know, I had my moments, but I, I wouldn't say that I was, um, I brought her trouble. But okay. still, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, you stay with your kids, you know, I stay with my kids, uh, with my twins, um, this summer when my, um, my wife went to Toronto, uh, to send my, my, uh, you know, my second daughter, Yasmin to, um, to high school. I stayed with the twins for three months. You know, it's not, that's, it's not easy. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, you know how it is. So, um, so that was my mom. And then I, I look at my wife. She moved to Toronto uh, on her own mm. with four children, yeah. you know, in 2013. I stayed here because of my job. So she left with uh, with four children, ages 14, 11. And then the twins were, were only three, oh, wow. you know. So new country, new territory. That's not easy. That's interesting. That's tough. Yeah. And then I look at my um, uh, and my sisters and how they've overcome challenges of their own. Yeah. You know, and how they've handled it and where they are today. And I look at my daughter, my eldest daughter, how she's handled challenges of her own. Um, and where she is right now, she graduated, you know, from high school in, in honors. She's now in um, second year. University of Toronto. So you really look, and I look at my second daughter. You know, she's, you know, she came, she came back from Toronto in 2018. Uh, she stayed for two years here. Mm. 
And then we uh, we said, okay, it's time to go back to Toronto and finish your high school, your grade 11 and grade 12 from Toronto. That's not easy for yeah. a 16-year-old and how she's handled. So I look at all these women in my life and I say, you know, this is like an inspiration. This is like a source of strength. So this is where I get, you know, some, uh, you know, I... You know, I reflect and I and I think about these situations and I don't take them for granted. Yeah. And there is always a lesson uh, to be learned out of out of these small small moments. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. so that's so interesting. I mean, it's uh, it's really interesting that you you know when when you talk about like what's what's driving you and you you've mentioned all these different um, characters or different personalities in your life. Mm. Um, and you know, I think what's cool here is that. A lot of people can relate, yeah. you know, um, and it's not often that we see, for example, somebody in your position right yeah. now uh, who can sort of show that angle. Because today I feel like we've, we're boxed into these sort of like titles and, uh, yeah. and you know, the role that we're supposed to play. Yeah. But then what shaped that role and what shaped that, yeah. you know, where you got today? I think that's what's um, super interesting uh, for me and I'm sure for a lot of the listeners. I think it's a blessing uh, that a lot of the kids probably today um, are not aware of, but they will reap the benefits of in the future. You know, living in the living in the GCC, um, I grew up in Kuwait, and then I've lived here for you know it's going to be twenty four years um, in Dubai. We live in a in an international environment. We live in a diverse environment, and this is remarkable. Right? This is the future. You know, we, you know this is um, this shapes you. This the skills that you that you acquire from uh, from dealing with people of different cultures and different backgrounds i mean i grew up you know in kuwait having uh, come across i don't know how many nationalities probably 20 nationalities 20 different nationalities different religions different different ethnic groups okay from all walks of life you know, and and how you deal, how you how you deal with these personalities. There is no, there is no textbook that taught you how to deal with them. Yeah. Other than, you know, other than respect. You know, other than respect, and uh, you know, you build these friendships, irrespective of these backgrounds, and and this really, I think, shaped. Um, the way I looked at relationships. And I took this with me um, to university where I met even more nationalities, now South Americans, more Europeans, um, uh, of course, Americans. You know, and it's remarkable how you learn about these cultures, you know. And you don't know at the moment that you are um becoming an international individual mm. you know you're not the same person that grew up you know getting used to probably the family but now it's like even more international yeah. and then you come to you come to dubai and it's even more international yeah okay so um so this is this has been i think 
do not do not take these um, these settings and these environments for for granted you know listen and and learn and um and ask questions about cultures and you know about stories of these individuals yeah. and you know um uh, uh, a lot of these people that you meet you know we have we share a lot of similarities about the future about you know how we want to raise our kids you know we want the best for our families you know everybody's after a dream we share a lot of um a lot of um, a lot of similarities yeah. so um i always say we're in the si- we're, we're all on the same grind like ah, we're all absolutely we're all trying to make ends meet we're all trying to absolutely. get home and have a good life absolutely and i think that puts things in more perspective for people when you look at it through that lens absolutely so, because there's two ways to look at it right there's one way which is like the Game of Thrones style of life yeah. of, uh, you know, I got to get to where I need to get to and consequences be damned. True. Um, or, hey, we're all going to get to where we need to get to. We all have different goals, but we're all on the same grind. So Absolutely. like, help me help you and we'll get there when we get there, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. Um, but I think what's interesting for me is everything you're saying, because you have reached a level of leadership today, I mean, you're, you're heading an organization of, I mean, I'm not sure how many employees there are in, I, I want to say 200 maybe in the office or? Yeah, it's about 160 here in the Middle East and then in Egypt. So I say it's around 500. 500. 500 that's not counting the dealerships. Africa, Africa and, and the Middle East. Yeah, so you've got, I mean, you're ahead of uh, quite a lot of people, right? So it always fascinates me to know the type of leadership that you take yourself. So for example, what are you supposed to be when you get to that position? You know, like, are you supposed to be ruthless? Are you supposed to be nice? Are you supposed to... And, and I, I feel like there's a lot of people now, at least in my age group, you know, uh, and for people out there, I'm like, I'm 36. Um, and, you know, we're at this area in our life where we're moving from the junior or mid-level in yeah. our lives and now moving to more seniority positions. So, like, it's a really strange evolution because yeah. now you're leading teams and you're leading this and that. So what are you supposed to be? And, and how do you reconcile with everything that you know, you know, your multiculturalism, your, you know, your, the women in your life, all those sort of things. How do you take that to your leadership when you're leading 500 plus yeah. people? You know, leadership is really a journey. You know, if you speak to, um, to people that probably come across me 20 years ago, I'm not sure that they will say the same things about me today. Mm-hmm. So it's really a journey, okay? And it requires that you that you continue to be open to learn and to acquire new skills to grow. The skills that you acquired 10 years ago will not be the same skills that will push you or lead you into the future. Mm-hmm. You have to continue to uh, evolve as an individual. So today, I mean, you've you've got to be focused on results. You've got to be focused on results. I mean, at the end of the day, you are here for a reason, okay? To achieve goals and objectives of the organization. But how you do it is, is going to be the, I would say, the, the difference. Are you going to be that person that is as you said, like going to be ruthless, you know, I want this, you know, deadlines. and 
Or are you going to be that individual that is, that inspires? Mm. Okay, that, that includes, that welcomes ideas. Mm. Uh, that ensures that, um, that all voices of the different people that you have, of the different employees that you have, are heard. Right. Respected. Mm. Okay. Are you going to allow for this environment to prosper and to cultivate the, the culture of growth, culture of innovation, culture of creativity? So I would choose that over... Over the <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are all professionals, and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to fail. Mm. It's not like I wake up and I want to fail today. We all want to succeed. Yeah, you know, we all want to learn. Uh, we all want teachers, you know, to teach us and guide us, mm. you know, and help us grow. So. Um, so we need to be the, these people. Leaders need to be those people that right. will provide for these environment, for these environments of, you know, we call it, you know, psychological safety, mm. and ensure ensure the mental, very cool. the mental health, and mental well being of our employees mm. is at is a top priority for them to be able to to perform and achieve so i would i would say that these are you know some of the things that you know that i would like to achieve and am i there yet i am not sure okay <laughs> okay i'm not sure yeah but is this what i would like to become right. and be absolutely mm. and certainly and i always say you know we have we have in gm we're big on values we're you know we have those you know eight behaviors you know it starts with inclusion it ends with winning with integrity mm-hmm. and you know i always say you know we this is the this is where we want to be to be the top when it comes to inclusion the most inclusive company on the first of earth right okay but are we there yet we're not we all come from different backgrounds okay the way you grew up is different than the way i grew up different than you know the way you know um, others you know bashar and others (laughs) grew up but i always say that as long as the arrows or the direction is coming to converge on becoming the most inclusive company, on becoming the most innovative company, then that's fine. Then my job as a leader is to accelerate this journey mm. and to see these uh, these moments to to for us to achieve the the aspirational goal mm. and understand that you know when you ask you know somebody to you know. Be pleasant in the morning. You know, just walk with a... With a smile. With a smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe he or she was not used to 
walk with a smile every morning. Maybe yeah. it was perceived to be awkward. <laughs> yeah. But as long as you embark on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Of teaching yourself, practicing, whatever that is. I mean, smile is the is a silly yeah, example. But but yeah. but you know as long as you self-develop. Do do you feel that sometimes you have to make these hard decisions? I don't know. I don't know how to put this, but how do you make a hard decision that might impact someone negatively for the greater good? You know what I mean? So uh, whether it's letting someone go or um, or reprimanding someone on something or how do you ma- how do you I think it's it's important to be transparent. It's important to explain. I mean, these are facts of lives, right? I mean, it's a fact of life that you know, in an organization, you know, we're gonna, just like the way we promote people and make people grow, at some points in, in time, as a last resort, right. we're gonna let people go. Is it fun? Is it something that I wake up and look forward to? Or any manager or leader look for? Absolutely not. Mm. You ask any leader on the face of earth. These are difficult moments. Mm. But I think that, you know, as long as you explain your decision you be transparent Mm. and you explain that's your role i mean the reaction is the reaction you cannot control that reaction okay but as long as you explain then i think it's at least that's your role that's your job that's your responsibility is to explain and when it comes to decisions you gotta weigh the options okay you gotta weigh the options for example, one one leader told me one day, years back, you know, as long as you know 60% of the outcome, you go for it. Others are on the conservative side. But I think I go back to, to a point that I um, alluded to earlier, which is inclusion. Make sure that, you know, you hear, you give the opportunity for people to speak up, mm. to hear the opinions of people around the table. Make sure that you dis- you don't discount any. Okay? Mm. You take them, you weigh them, okay? And take a decision. And explain why you took this decision. Right. You, you hope that you, you know, with the advisors that you have, with the team that you have, that they've given you, that they were bold enough, courageous enough, mm to put their opinion on the table, you know, and to be heard. And that's that's what you need, mm. okay, for people to tell you, no, we're going into the wrong direction. No, we're... And debate, have the civil debate. Right. And someone is going to take the decision at the end of the day. Right. Someone is going to own it. Mm. Okay? Right, <laughs> But at least you've got to allow for this environment for people to be heard for their opinions to be respected. Was it for you when you, you know, when you knew uh, you're about to take over something like this? Yeah. Was there something in your mind that the first thing I'm going to do is this? Like, that's something I want to really, whether it's environmental or, I mean, sorry, cultural. No, I was or, worried. I was like, it is what happens. It's like this, um, it's like this, um, this crescendo of, of emotions. It's like, you know, <laughs> 
yeah, there is a rumor, you know, someone has asked you for some information, you start to think about it, you know, you talk to your wife, yeah. you know, I think that this is happening, you know, oh my God, this is what I, this is a dream, you know, coming through, you know, so there is this, this, you know, rising and, you know, of emotions, of anticipation. And then the news hit. Right. Okay. And then you say, oh, <laughs> oh my God. You know, so what's next? You know, what's going to happen now? You know, oh my God. You know, it really happened. Oh man. And it's, like crazy. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, and then you, there is excitement, but there is a, there is some stressing out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there is some stressing out, you know, and you've got to remain true to, to who you are. Right. Okay. You've got to remain true to who you are. You've got to remain grounded. Mm. And now you've, you've got to really excel and, you know, and become better you know, and rise to the occasion. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's, uh, and it takes getting used to as well, you know, that, you know, now you are the leader of this organization, whatever you say is, you know, is, is listened to more carefully, maybe uh, interpreted, you know, in a different way and different ways. And so, so there is, it's a, it's a mix of emotions that you need to get used to. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, as I said, you know, now you've got to, um, to learn new skills. Yeah. You know, now you've got to learn more skills and become even better at what you do and, you know, and, and become that, you know, that, uh, lead by example. Yeah. Okay. Lead by example. And, Hopefully, I become um, an inspiration, you know, to my uh, to my children, to to employees, to to say, yeah, you know, you can do it uh, if you focus on the things that you within your control. If you continue to invest in yourself and believe in yourself, believe in the company that you work for, that you have an equal opportunity to rise. Yeah you know, and to grow and become. So yeah, I think you've always so been like it's a interesting. It's interesting. You're very, always been a principled guy. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why you got to where you got to. Uh, if I want, if I may take it to more, uh, current events, uh, yeah. question, you know, you're taking now over the time where it's difficult, right? Like it's, I think 2020, I'm not sure you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I don't really know, but I assume that 2020 was one of the most difficult years for the automotive industry. Um, you know, I remember that, I mean, I bought my car uh, in, the, in the end of 2019. And, and the same car that I bought, the cost of it was reduced substantially by Ramadan. You know, and yeah. that's a brand new, like it was a brand new car, you know, yeah. and it's not like, yeah. it's, the, it's the new next generation, all that, all that jazz, you know. So how, how, wh what kind of uh, pressure do you feel today where you got to revive you know, the, yeah. the the automotive industry pretty much, yeah. you know, in 2021? Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, you know, 2020 was 
was a very good year. Really? Very good. See, year. that's a surprise to me. <laughs> 2020 was um, was a very good year. It's one of the best results that we've had, I would say, in the past five years. Wow. Five years. Wow. And again, we um, we we took actions quite early. Mm-hmm. We prepared so well for the Ramadan season. You know, Ramadan is is the biggest season. The big one, yeah. For automotive and probably other other goods as well, consumer goods in the in the region, yeah. and especially in the kingdom of of Saudi Arabia, our biggest our biggest market. So we prepared so well. Mm. For Ramadan, we planned so well for Ramadan. Got the vehicles in. Uh, we launched the new Captiva. It's an SUV. It's a mid-size SUV, uh, five to seven mm-hmm. uh, seater. My wife used to uh, drive a Captiva. In yeah. fact, I launched the Captiva back in 2010 when we first. Uh, true. Boom! There you true. go. So we launched the Captiva <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic. We launched it in April. Really? Okay, and okay. it's a. Uh, and actually, in the first uh, three months, we topped the segment in uh, in Saudi. We topped the segment in uh, so surprising in me. in Kuwait. Wow! Yes, wow, we did. And then we launched what we call the T ones, the new Yukon, the new yeah. Tahoe, and the Escalade. Yeah, in the fourth quarter of this year. Yeah, and the reception has been has been phenomenal. We looked at um, at December results, and we. We hit the mark. Wow. So um, we look at, you know, our after sales business. Yeah. And we did quite well. Oh, amazing. You know, and um, and so did the network. Yes, we have, we have I would say, uh, pockets of challenges. But overall, I think we, uh, we did okay. And these are the situations. I mean, COVID is like nothing. It's like nothing we've ever experienced in the region, right? Okay, or any world, yeah, anywhere. Yeah. But then this is when you use everything you've learned, mm. you know, to uh, to put to the test. And that's just the region. We're just talking about the region. Mm. You know, I look at you know that's just the Middle East. You know, you look at Africa and our operations in in Egypt and what we've done in Egypt. You know, we have an, uh, a manufacturing facility in Egypt. Mm. And to run this facility, to keep it running, you know, during COVID is, is not an easy task. Yeah. But, you know, the leadership in Egypt did a phenomenal job keeping the facility, you know, running, delivering cars. And putting the best numbers on record wow. in Egypt in 2020. That is so crazy to me. That I had no idea that that's, yes. that was going to be your answer. <laughs> no, yes, yes, yes. So, so no. I mean, 2020 was. Uh, I would say it was. Um, it was a good year. And then, I mean, I would like to move us to uh, to Detroit. Mm. You know, and I'm. You know, the announcements that we have made in 2020. Right. Starting with, um, you know, with the EV event that we did with with media um, in March, I believe. In mm. March of uh, of this year with um, under the leadership of, of Mark Royce and other leaders within within the company. The way we we use technology to launch the 
the GMC Hummer. Have you mm. seen the Hummer? Oh, yeah, the GMC beautiful. Hummer? I went and looked at the price. I was like, all right, not now. Maybe in 10 years. Man, <laughs> I'm, man I'm telling you. Um, uh, it's beautiful. The, the, you know, the virtual engineering. We, we are able now to, to bring cars in a shorter time. Mm. And if it was not for COVID, we probably would have been at the same product development cycle that we that we used to have before COVID. Wow. Uh, all these uh, announcements about, you know, the uh, the Ultium platform and the ability to to have these these batteries that you can scale that modulated uh, battery platforms that will that will fit the you know all types of cars you know from performance to to family it's just remarkable mm. okay and and now we made um, the news at the CES conference the biggest technology conference you know the announcements that we uh, that we we made about the you know the flying cars the flying cadillac the new logistics business i mean we've been working we've been working during the mm. uh, the pandemic and that's i go back and say focusing on the things that are within our control that's amazing. you know and 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 i do not want to undermine the the way our employees reacted to that challenge, you know, across the globe, working from home, you know. You remember, I mean, working from home is not, uh, is not an easily accepted notion before COVID. I mean, when I, you know, say, you're not going to work from home today, I mean, everybody's like, yeah, right. <laughs> right? Working from home. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. But, but what we've seen is that our employees have stepped up to the challenge. Mm. And actually now we're telling them, slow down. You're putting actually more hours than you're supposed to. Mm. Got to watch out. Right. You know? Yeah. Got to watch out to the burn. Please take your vacations. Please switch off. Right. Okay. The way I would say the whole organization stepped up to that challenge mm. is remarkable, is exemplary. And it just re-emphasizes the caliber, the caliber of people that we have, mm. and we need to that we need to preserve and motivate and inspire. Yeah, because really they stepped up. They stepped up to the challenge during one of the most difficult years, probably in history. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So, so well, that's I'm gonna tell you, man. I I'm, I just feel so proud. So proud. And this is just away from, from all these, you know, yeah, I work for GM just because it's my company. Truly and honestly, mm. I believe so proud to be part of this company. Yeah. You know, and proud of the achievements and the announcements that we have made. And we are for sure in the forefront of transforming uh, the automotive industry. Absolutely. 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 I mean, I, I am most optimistic about the future and about you know and about the opportunity and uh, the stakes mm. of of GM and what we will do in the next fifty years. I just saw that GM did its first uh, rebrand, and I want to say fifty years. Yes, 
which is really interesting to see such an iconic brand change the way it looks. But it's very much looking forward to the future. Absolutely. And so for you, I think that's an electric future, right? That's Absolutely. A, that's all a, electric future. All electric future. All electric future. How do you see this translating to our region that's very dependent on fuel, really? And, yeah. uh, and, and not just from a, you know economic perspective, but also consumers. You know? yeah. I don't know how many people have made that switch between, yeah, it's time for me to get a Tesla or, or whatever yeah, in an yeah, electric yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I drive a gas guzzler right yeah, now. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you see that. No, I mean, we've got, to, we've got to address the anxieties or the concerns of, of consumers. Mm. They are still expensive today. Yes, the cost of ownership is lower. Mm. Don't have to go and service these every 10,000 or 15,000. It's mostly the wear and tear. And the batteries, you know, uh, at some point, plus the range, you know. So you got to calculate, okay, well, I've got 200 kilometers left. Can I go to Sharjah? Can I go to Abu Dhabi and come back? What if I needed to do an emergency Mm. visit? What am I going to charge it? How long would it take? All these things are on the on the minds of consumers, and we've got to be able to uh, to address them. You know, to address them the right way. Uh, and cost is a is a big element. But today, we are addressing it. Mm. So, with this, uh, as I said, with the new technology that we are bringing to batteries with this Altium mm. uh, battery platform. We will be able to, I think, in the in you know midpoint of this decade, we will be able to to reduce the cost by sixty percent mm. and improve the performance of batteries almost twice as much. Right. So we are addressing this because the battery is the biggest uh, cost um, driver. Um, so we are addressing these, and and now you know in general, I think the journey to um, to EV will not be so swift mm. across all neighborhoods, across all countries. It will be, you know, neighborhood to neighborhood. Right. It will be like areas ahead of other areas. You know, it's not yeah. it's not going to be that that swift of a uh, of a move that we switch on twenty twenty eight and all of a sudden, you know, we're going to be all electric. Is that you your know, outlook, 2028? Is that your... No, no, no. I'm, I'm, oh, just, just, I'm, a... just, I'm just throwing uh, a number. The other thing is, is the choices mm-hmm. for consumers. The choices for consumers must grow. Mm-hmm. They need to walk into a showroom and see that I have the choice of, let's say, 10 or 15 entries of, of EV rather than one or two or three. Right. So at GM, by 2025, we will have 30 entries oh, wow. of EV. Oh, wow. So we are going full-fledged right. at full speed. You're one of the first back in, I mean, the, with the Volt, it was one of the firsts that... Uh... But even the Volt, I mean, we, we started this in the 50s. Oh, okay. We started <laughs> way in back. the fifties, way back, yeah. way back in the fifties. Okay, way back in the fifties. I think it's the, it's the electro Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 
Its blue electrovere test vehicle with engine and transmission replaced with components that run on electricity. Wow. Take that. That was Elon 1964. Musk. That was in 1964. You know, you take a look at the list that we, you know, do you know that in 1955, we had a blood and vaccine sterilization technology that found application in the manufacturing of vaccines such as the salt polio vaccine. Oh, no way. Do you know that in 1952, the first mechanical open heart surgery heart pump came from GM? Came from GM. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't GM just do the ventilators? Uh, And we did the ventilators, uh, of course. COVID. 30,000, I think, ventilators Which or was so. Which was so mind-boggling. In no thing. time. Yeah. And by the way, this is when I go back and say... You know, what an amazing bunch of people we have in GM. Yeah, that's we just crazy. stepped up to the challenge. Yeah. Okay. And we built ventilators in no time. I think it was, if I refer to, uh, I think to a note by Mary Barra, I think our chairman, mm. I, you know, what an amazing a uh, individual. Just, <laughs> just, you know, transforming this company, positioning, positioning this company for, for the future, for success in the future, is not just channeling this big company. Yeah. Transforming this big company. It's not a startup. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I think it was in 30 days that we, that they come to, they came together and were able to, to produce the first, the first ventilator. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, that's remarkable. That's, that is that's remarkable. 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 And Mary Barra being, I think she was the first automotive uh, female CEO, correct? Yeah, she's, she's the first one. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, it was really cool seeing the news when, when I saw that because absolutely. that's sort of like moving it to uh, a whole different dimension. Absolutely. But all these things are so interesting. Yeah. And honestly, um, sitting with you today has been remarkable, as you oh, say. I hope, <laughs> I hope so. I hope it's so. Been, it's been really cool. I because Because so. not only am I, do I feel like, you know, the Basel of 2010 is sitting with you know, his ex-boss or his boss at the time, yeah. uh, but also sitting with, a, with an inspirational leader. And I think you, you said that a few times during your conversation, but I think you truly have that in you because otherwise I wouldn't have reached out to you 10 years later. You know what I mean? So I, you hope, must have... I hope that it's been um, time worthy. Yeah. Oh, I hope that it's been, it's been worth of your time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you right now, you know, there's a lot of people that I've worked with in my life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, They just come and go, you know, but a, a few stick around in your mind and just because of the, the impact that they had on you as an individual. Yeah. And, you know, we, you, you, there was like a few levels between us, you know, there was a couple of people between us, but still that must have meant that you had an impression on who managed me and that person had an impression on me. Yeah. So, so I think your goal of becoming an inspirational person, I think is well underway to being achieved, you know, and that's, that's something that I can oh, thank you. definitely oh, tell you so that. Humbling. Yeah. That's so humbling. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, so I don't mean to, you know, it's, I know it's weird, but you no, know, that's, that's, that's so humbling. I thought I should tell you that's that. So humbling. And, and look, I know you're a very busy man and I know we've been talking about this for a month now yeah. and trying to organize this conversation. First of all, thank you so much for coming. That's very, very, very nice of you. No, it's um, it's my pleasure, Bas. Yeah, it's thank my pleasure. you. And, it's my pleasure. And thank you for not being worried about the COVID situation. And we are tested, not the exit at the top of the show. But uh, I really do appreciate it. And, and, and honestly, thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, my I pleasure. hope that we uh, get to do this again. Uh, maybe when you are the, the global CEO of <laughs> General Motors <laughs> or, 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 or we'll see how that goes but thank we'll you so see. much oh, you're so welcome yeah. it's so good to be here
Thank you. Thank you. And we are done. Thank you. Thank you so much.